I came across this reflection on the priesthood several years ago. Some of you have probably heard it before. If a priest preaches more than 10 minutes, they say he's long-winded. If his homily is short, they say he didn't prepare it well. If the parish funds are in the black, they say he has business savvy. If he mentions money, they say he's money mad. If he visits his parishioners, they say he's nosy. If he doesn't, they say he's a snob. If he has dinners and bazaars, they say he's bleeding the people. If he doesn't, they say there's no life in the parish. If he takes time in the reconciliation room to advise sinners, they say he takes too long. If he doesn't, they say he doesn't care. If he celebrates Mass in a quiet voice, they say he's boring. If he puts emphasis in his words, they say he's an actor. If he starts Mass on time, they say his watch must be fast. If he starts late, they say he's holding up the people. If he's young, they say he's inexperienced. If he's old, they say he ought to retire. You think it's easy being a priest? <laughs> of course, I know that none of those things was ever said of me, especially the long-winded one. I wonder if Peter, Andrew, James, and John had any idea what they were getting into when Jesus called them away from their fishing business and their former way of life to be his apostles and eventually his first priests. Probably not. But they said yes anyway. And they did so enthusiastically, as most priests do today. Now that last point might come as a surprise to many people, but it's true nonetheless. In spite of the challenges and sacrifices of priestly life, like dealing with the divisions among people that St. Paul had to deal with in Corinth, which we heard about in our second reading this morning, despite all those difficulties and challenges, most priests today are happy in their vocation. In fact, when Father Stephen Rossetti surveyed 834 priests after the scandals of 2002, a time when priestly morale should have been extremely low, he found an interesting fact. 92% of them either agreed or strongly agreed with the statement, Overall, I am happy as a priest. Los Angeles Times poll of 1,854 priests yielded a similar result. 91% said they were satisfied, satisfied with the way their life as a priest was going. And 90% of them, those surveyed said they would do it all over again. If they could turn back the hands of time, they would choose once more to respond to God's grace and serve the Lord in the priesthood. There's a reason for that. It's a joy to bring Jesus Christ to people, especially in the sacraments, and to bring people to Jesus, which is what a priest does, or what a priest is supposed to do, anyway. Now, unfortunately, there are many places, especially in the affluent Western world, where the number of vocations is very, very low. Actually, it's not the number of vocations that's small. Vocation is a call. God always calls a sufficient number of shepherds for his flock. The problem is that many who are being called are not responding. The Lord's calling, but they're not saying yes. Now, there are many reasons for this, for this response crisis that we're currently experiencing in the church. One of the most important is that many Catholics are simply not doing what they can and should do to promote vocations. 
And some people out there are actually trying to undermine them, especially when it's somebody in their own family. Now, let me tell you something. Personally, I would not want to stand before Almighty God someday and try to justify undermining a vocation to the priesthood or diaconate or religious life. That's not a good idea. All that having been said, let me share with you now three very easy and effective ways that you can promote vocations, if you so desire, and hopefully you do. First way to promote vocations, very simply, is to know your Catholic faith. And if you don't know it, learn it. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks for itself when it's shared and explained in an intelligent and reasonable way. Young people today are looking for the same things that young people have been looking for throughout history. They're looking for answers. Answers to the basic questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What's the goal of life? Is there a God? If there is, does he care about me at all? What, if anything, does he expect of me in my life? If we know our Catholic faith well and can answer questions like those for the young people we come into contact with every day, especially those in our families, they'll come to see the beauty and truth of the gospel. And they'll begin to see that investing your life in promoting the gospel full-time is a good thing. A very good thing. We've been blessed here in our community, as many of you know, with many vocations. Now, I know there are some people who think that I put pressure on these young people to choose the priesthood or religious life. That is not true. All I've tried to do with young people here for 30-some-odd years is to teach them the gospel in a convincing way and help them meet Jesus. The rest has been between them and the Lord, which is precisely the way it should be with any vocation, the vocation of the priesthood, religious life, vocation to marriage, whatever the vocation is you might have in your life. It's between you and the Lord. The second way to promote vocations is this. Live your Catholic faith. Live it to the best of your ability. A young, people, a young person will not invest his or her life in an ideal that he or she doesn't see lived out, at least to some extent. Every priest, every deacon, every religious brother or sister can tell you stories about committed Catholics who made a deep and lasting impact on their life. Perhaps it was a parent or some other relative, maybe it was a priest or a religious or a co-worker or a friend, or some combination thereof, thereof. One of the people who made a profound impact on a young man named Carol Wojtyla during the years of his discernment for the priesthood, in addition to his parents, was a Polish tailor named Jan Tyranowski. Tyranowski knew the faith. He also knew the writings of the great spiritual masters like Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross. He was knowledgeable, a simple man, but knowledgeable, and he lived the faith in a devout way in his personal life. And because of that knowledge and because of that example, he helped to form a future pope and a future saint, John Paul II. This brings us to the third way to promote vocations, which not surprisingly is to pray. Vocation ultimately is the work of God's grace, and that grace is poured into the heart of a young person through prayer. 
On that note, on a personal note, I had a very saintly grandmother who lived in a wheelchair for the last several years of her life. This is when I was in the seminary. For a long time, my grandmother had open wounds on her legs that wouldn't heal. They didn't have the good wound care back then that they have now. But during those years, I always remember her with her rosary beads in her hands. She prayed almost all day, the rosary, fingering them quietly while she prayed. She had many intentions that she was praying for and offering up her sufferings for in those days. But I knew that I, her seminarian grandson, was at the top of the list, or really close to the top of the list. Would I have become a priest without those prayers, those offered up sufferings? I seriously doubt it. She was a powerful intercessor for me, my grandmother. I remember Father Marcel Taillon speaking here at St. Pius about vocations many years ago. During his homily, he asked people to do one thing. He said, pray one Hail Mary every day for vocations. Some of you were here back then. Have you done that? Or do you at least pray every once in a while in some fashion for vocations? That last question is for everybody. Know the faith, live the faith, and pray. Three very easy and effective ways to promote vocations. And please notice, my brothers and sisters, these activities are not complicated. They don't require a lot of special gifts or a lot of specialized training. All they require is a willing heart, a loving heart, a faith-filled heart. And each and every one of us have that kind of heart inside of us.